Hello, everyone. This is your host, Sergeant First Class Khan, with the Warrant Officer Recruiting Company. And today, we'll be exploring the 131 Alpha Field Artillery Technician Warrant Officer Military Occupation Specialty. Our guest is none other than CW4 Sharon from the Field Artillery Proponent, and he will be talking to us about what it means to be a 131 Alpha Warrant Officer from the Field Artillery Proponent perspective. Chief Sharon, thank you so much for joining us today, and we are excited to hear your input in all the different ways that 131 Alpha field artillery technicians contribute to mission accomplishment. Can you tell us a little bit about your experiences as a warrant officer and how you feel about serving in your warrant officer specialty? So... I've I've been serving as a as a 131 Alpha, a field artillery technician, warrant officer, for almost 13 years now, um, and it it really has been one of the best decisions I've made uh, for both me professionally and personally, as well as my family. Um, I've enjoyed being able to become a subject matter expert. Um, within one very specialized area of military operations. And being able to do that one singular focused thing for the last 13 years has only enhanced my ability to bring that talent to the organization. Um, It really has been a great thing for me, um, and I have no regrets uh, about transitioning from a senior NCO to a warrant officer. Sir, for the potential applicant listening, we've asked questions that most of us have when deciding to pursue a career as a 131 Alpha field artillery technician. And we would like to delve into some of these questions and get your take on some of the most crucial questions we all want to know. Let us begin by asking, what do warrant officers in your specialty do in a normal span of a duty day Uh, when they start out as a new warrant officer in the cohort? And how do those responsibilities evolve into more responsibilities later on? That's a great question. Um, I would say that uh, as a new warrant officer, as a new 131 Alpha arriving to your first unit uh, after graduating warrant officer basic course, um, you're immediately going to be given uh, a special access to the leadership in that organization. Typically, the, a W01 out of basic course uh, will find themselves in a field artillery battalion. Um, and at that level, you immediately will have conversations, discussions, and meetings with the battalion S3, the battalion XO, the battalion commander, and the battalion command sergeant major. Um, and it's really, they're, they're leaning on not only the new skills that you've been taught in basic course and the skill set that that's going to arm you with to bring and, and, and make the unit better, but you're, they're also looking for you because they know as a warrant officer you have an enlisted background and you have additional experience that the junior NCOs in their formation and even the junior officers haven't built up yet. So you come with a very unique and very uh, sought-after uh, set of talent skills and and attributes that uh, leadership look for. Um, And and the biggest thing is as you 
grow as a warrant officer, you'll continue to move up in echelon. So you, you find yourself at the brigade, at the division, even at the core level. And, and that type of relationship with the leadership doesn't change. Uh, at the brigade, you'll become the trusted advisor to the brigade commander for all things targeting. Um, even at division level, you'll work with the G3, the chief of staff, uh, even the division commander, get briefing them and, and making recommendations on military operations, specifically targeting uh, focused. And that's going to and that's the great thing about being a 131 and being a warrant officer in general is it allows you to to really just get really good at a few things as opposed to being a jack of all trades. Uh, as an NCO or, or as an officer bouncing around from staff position. Why should someone pursue this type of commission? And what are some of the benefits they take into the civilian world? Well, I, you know, that's a great question. And, and honestly, I will tell you that life after the Army uh, can be scary uh, for anyone, not only uh, warrant officers, NCOs, and you know, and officers as well. It's, it's a scary time uh, to try to figure out what you do next after your Army career, whether it be at 20 years or less or whatever the case may be. Um, for us as a 131 Alpha, there are uh, – not only are you going to receive critical skills through your PME, your professional military education, but also there's a lot of functional courses – um, through both the Army and the joint uh, community that you'll be able to attend uh, and really build your toolkit. And so at life after the Army, uh, you're going to become a, a highly sought-after commodity uh, if you choose to work uh, in a military capacity or even in a, in a purely civilian working away from the Defense Department it, as a project manager or as a manager or, or an analyst that critical thinking that you'll develop as a 131 Alpha uh, will benefit you not only in your career in the Army, but your follow-on career should you choose one. Thank you for that insight, sir. As a young staff sergeant working in, let's say, a S3 or G3 shop, what advice would you give them on what types of jobs they need to start working towards in their enlisted careers that will help them to achieve a commission as a 131 Alpha warrant officer? If I was to talk to a staff sergeant working in, for example, the S3 shop or the G3 shop, uh, the biggest thing I would tell them is don't get too focused on the position you're, you're being assigned to. Don't get too focused on the job uh, especially if you feel that you should be doing something else. Take that current assignment as an opportunity to do your best in that, to really just round out your skills. Because at the end of the day, your performance in a position that may not be necessarily in your core competencies, if you perform extremely well, uh, your evaluations will reflect. And, and, and that's going to be the most competitive thing for you at a warrant officer selection board is – to the board members, they see that, yeah, you might not have been in exposition. You might have been a detailed recruiter. Or you might have been a drill sergeant, you know, a detailed drill sergeant or, or DA select drill sergeant rather. But when, even though those aren't in your core competencies as an MO, in your MOS, you put everything into those positions and you perform very well. Your evaluations show that you're adaptable. You're able to be flexible to assignments and, and still thrive 
in different circumstances. That's an extremely valuable asset as a 131 alpha, as a warrant officer, because you're going to find yourself in a myriad of challenging situations. And that skill set to be able to be flexible and be able to kind of adapt to the environment uh, is going to make you extremely successful. Great advice, sir. Uh, what types of training can a young enlisted NCO benefit from when considering to pursue a career in uh, the Field Artillery 131 Alpha Warrant Officer Specialty? So if I was to talk to uh, a young NCO, I would tell them that uh, if they're really looking to apply to be a, a 131 Alpha, they want to go ahead and get battle staff uh, at the earliest opportunity because that's really give them the tools to understand and how to function as a part of a team on a on a staff at Echelon. Um, in addition to 131 Alpha specific training uh, that will really set them up for success as a targeting officer, there's the precision fire suite of courses such as target mensuration only, uh, weaponeering, and collateral damage estimation. Those are functional courses that they're going to get in basic course as as a as a 131 alpha but if they but it's also offered to NCOs so if you have that already it just sets you up for success as you continue your training uh, as a warrant officer um, and really just seek out opportunities to diversify the army experience you know you've got the the operational courses um, ranger uh, air assault, airborne, those types of trainings just open up different types of opportunities for you at locations and duty assignments across the Army. Don't feel that you're, you're pigeonholed as an NCO um, and you're, you're limited on your courses. Open your up your aperture. Request to take these courses and just know that if there's a course you didn't get to take as an NCO, uh, if selected for a 131 Alpha, you'll be able to probably attend that course um, because as a 131 Alpha, so many different courses kind of overlap into our area of expertise. Um, so you're able to attend many, many different courses uh, that the Army and the Joint Staff offer uh, as a 131 Alpha. Thank you, sir. What is the most common mistake made by applicants applying to the cohort, and how can they be avoided? I would say that the most common mistake I see when I review warrant officer applications uh, are are spelling or grammatical in nature. So if you really just if you take that extra step and and really proofread it, have someone else look over your entire packet, specifically looking at your spelling and your grammar on your resume and the and the resume summary. And then other than that, really the next thing is ensuring that that your summary speaks to your potential. Uh, and the skills that will relate to you as a warrant officer in the 131 Alpha career field. Um, also, it's 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 good to have the the proper titles uh, and, and nomenclature and, and and things of that nature. For example, you know we're no longer a warrant officer corps; we're a cohort. We're part of the overall officer corps. So you want to make sure that. Uh, you, you you mention that when you speak as the to the warrant officers, you're speaking to the warrant officer cohort and not the warrant officer core. Um, for 131 Alpha specifically, uh, in 2017, we did an occupational title change. We're no longer uh, field artillery targeting technicians. We're simply field artillery technicians. So you want to make sure that you capture those things uh, in your summary, and that will go a long way towards showing the board members that you're up to date and you really know what's going on within the warrant officer community and the 131 Alpha community, and, and you really want to be a part of that. Thank you, sir. When submitting a packet to the board, what do board members value the most, 
And could you help us to describe the process that takes place when your packet is reviewed by the board? Um, on the on the warrant officer selection board, there's you know a, a finite number of members. I, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I will tell you that uh, for every board where we're selecting 131 alphas, we have a representative there. Um, so what they're really looking for uh, in an application is um, they're looking at, at, at all of the all of the contents of the application. The packet is, you know, USARIC has a great process of identifying and capturing talent, performance, and potential uh, in the overall application, whether it be um, the SRB, the evaluations, the schooling, uh, and so forth. But really the key thing for, for a 131 Alpha applicant to be successful and be competitive, um, you re- we're really looking for someone who's physically fit. Um, the average uh, selected NCO for 131 Alpha has a t- over a 275 APFT, uh, ACFT, um, around the 500 or higher. Additionally, their evaluations are, are, are always strong uh, with a highly qualified uh, promote a mo- above peers uh, or, or most qualified um, and it's and it's enumerated appropriately. Additionally, you know, on the SRB, we're looking for those individuals that have sought out multiple courses, uh, whether it be you know sharp or or combatives or precision fires or battle staff or any number of different courses. It just shows that the that NCO is trying to seek out opportunities to better themselves, and that shows that tells the board member a lot about their drive as an individual, as an NCO in the, in the Army today. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if I had to rank them, I would say your evaluations are no, you know, number one as far as being the most important thing. Um, and then after that, obviously, it's going to be uh, your, the data on your SRB. Um, you know, the, if you have a deployments, that's a discriminator. If you, have, you know, if you have your ASVAB and your GT and your ASVAB line scores are high, that helps. Um, you've got the schooling that's required. You, you you've been competitive. Uh, you've you've shown that the army has consistently identified you for promotion in a timely manner, and you haven't sat um, you know in the above the zone or anything like that for an extended rank grade. And and and, and physical fitness. Um, you know, the, being a warrant officer, being a one thirty one alpha, um, you're going to start out at the battalion level, and the battalions are you know that's they're fighting the fight they're in the trenches so you want to make sure you're physically fit to be able to maintain and and keep up and and really lead from the front uh, as a warrant officer uh, at that level thank you sir that was very insightful once an applicant is selected how long do they attend walks and how long is the training for 131 alpha field artillery technician warrant officer specialty so once uh, an NCO is selected for warrant officer um, and the selection board meal per message comes out, depending on the uh, available classes, it could be um, between six and eight months before they'll have a warrant officer candidate school date. And obviously that's backed up against available warrant officer basic course dates. So uh, the, the idea is not to have a significant gap between graduating candidate school as a W01 uh, and starting your your MOS qualification basic course. So on average six to eight months before you will report to a warrant officer candidate school, uh, the candidate school is, is roughly 
four to five weeks. And upon that, it's a PCS to Fort Sill, Oklahoma for approximately seven months. Um, You'll be in the Warrant Officer Basic course. And then upon graduation, you'll PCS from Fort Sill to your first unit of assignment. Sir, what advice would you give to a newly selected NCO in your unit on how to prepare for walks and the warrant officer training they're about to conduct? The advice I'd give to a newly selected NCO um, is really just get your get your house in order. Um, understand that this is going to be a significant change for both you and your family. Uh, make sure that everyone is prepared for that. Um, and, and also just mentally prepare yourself for the different role that the Army is going to have to ask of you. And, and because if you are selected for a 131 Alpha, you want to reach out to the 131 Alphas that you've worked with the, and, and just ask them. It's like, hey, what, what can I do to better prepare myself? Obviously, uh, field manual, Army Field Manual 3-60 Army Targeting is a, is a great primer. Uh, just becoming familiar with that will kind of uh, lay the foundation for what you can expect to build upon at the Warrant Officer Basic Course. Um, but really, it's it's just mentally preparing yourself for that dynamic shift from being an NCO to being a warrant officer. And that's going to be a struggle. It was a struggle for me, um, you know, being the doer as opposed to being type of an, a managerial leadership role. Um, it's, it's a challenge. And that's something that a newly selected NCO needs to go ahead and start preparing for before they report to Warrant Officer Candidate School. That's great advice, sir. Uh, when you've been trained and pin on as a warrant officer, uh, do you have any input on where you will be stationed and what is the process for selecting a duty station? Currently for 131 Alphas, uh, about, the, about the halfway point for warrant officer basic course, uh, HRC and the 131 Alpha assignment officer will send uh, down to the Warrant Officer Instruction Branch at Fort Seal, a list of all the assignments available for that class. Um, and currently, the policy uh, within the Warrant Officer Instruction Branch at Fort Seal is the students will take a look at the list and they'll place their name based off of where they would go on the assignments available. And then, if there is a tie, say for example, two WO1s want to attend, want to go to Fort Campbell, for example. Uh, and there's only one assignment available at Fort Campbell. The, the instructors there uh, and the course manager, they look at overall class ranking uh, performance to determine who will get that one authorization. So you really have some input uh, into your first assignment, but ultimately you have to keep in mind that not every not every duty location is going to be available when you're you know graduate the basic course. So um, you will get a, there are going to be plenty of options uh, and to better ensure that you have the best chance of getting the option you want, um, then it's a, then you really want to ensure that you do, do well in the basic course. Thanks, sir. That's really great information to know. When approaching your unit officer in charge and or the senior warrant officer for a letter of recommendation, what steps should an NCO take to position themselves in receiving a stellar letter of recommendation? So if I was to give some advice on an NCO looking to build their application um, and, and, and at the point of, of that process, they're, they're really starting to look at letters of recommendation. Um, go in and talk to your commander. 
at, at both your, your level one UCMJ and your level two UCMJ uh, authorities. Talk to them and tell them about what you're wanting to do. Really provide them some feedback, uh, some some tips, not really tips, but some some ideas to help them write you a strong letter of recommendation. And and you want all you want your packet to be complete as possible up until only needing the senior warrant officer letter before you reach out to them, uh, before you reach out to the the senior one thirty one alpha, uh, because what they want to do is they want to review they'll want to review your entire packet. Uh, to include the letters, and th- at that point, they may want to reach out and talk to your commanders uh, that wrote the letters to get a better idea, especially if they don't have a working relationship with you. Uh, if you've reached out to a senior warrant officer and you're doing an interview, obviously you want to put your best foot forward, But you and so in doing so, you want to have your packet as complete as possible and allow that warrant officer to go and like really just call and contact your references, t- contact your commanders to get a better idea uh, if you are right for the 131 Alpha community. Thank you, sir. That's very insightful. Uh, what is family life like as a 131 Alpha field artillery technician? And how can we best take care of our families as we embark on our quest to become a 131 Alpha field artillery technician? Uh, I would tell you that um, in the past, uh, 131 Alphas were the were the second most deployed warrant officer MOS, just behind uh, aviators. Um, but obviously, in the current environment right now, we're not deploying uh, nearly as much as we were when we were focused on OIF and OEF. Uh, life as a warrant officer, uh, life as a 131 Alpha is really good right now. You're obviously you're obviously, if you're at the battalion or the brigade, you're going to have to. You'll be conducting. Uh, you'll be, re, you know, expected to participate in all the training events um, that are normally scheduled for anyone in those organizations. Um, but the thing about being a warrant officer is, you obviously, uh, you're a subject matter expert. You're a leader, um, and and your leadership and the leadership within an organization treats you as such. Um, you're really able to kind of dictate your own schedule. Um, you know what you're responsible to do, and if you do that, you have a lot of latitude with how your day goes. Uh, and by that, I don't mean you know that we check out at like 1300 or 1400. What I mean is you can sit there and make that personal decision on whether or not it is more beneficial for you to be out in formation at 1700, or for you to finish up uh, this last bit of this op or you're working on for the next for next week's training exercise. Those are the th- types of things that you'll be able to decide within yourself and and not really be told that you have to do. And really, I will say that the Army as a whole is has has realized that uh, the focus really needs to be on the families because uh, quality of life. Um, it really is a, a key determinant in overall job performance and job satisfaction. So as a 131 Alpha, obviously we, our assignments officer looks at that uh, when looking at assignments or future you know, moves and things of that nature. Um, but I would tell you my life, my family life has, been, has benefited immensely uh, since I've made the transition simply because the enhanced promotion potential um, and the, the compensation – uh, that is in line with the the changing responsibilities from a warrant officer uh, compared to an NCO. Sir, this is a two-part question. Uh, when creating your resume, what is the best way to highlight some of the skills you possess, and what are the most critical skills to highlight? 
Furthermore, what are some of the most critical trainings to highlight? When you look at your resume as you're building your warrant officer application, the things you want to highlight are, are really uh, identify areas of individual performance. So it's really great. It's really good to capture, you know, you were this part, you know, you went and deployed with this unit and you did this and this. But throughout your resume, you want to highlight areas of individual recognition. Um, and really, it's because the board members aren't going to have a whole lot of time to comb through every document uh, in your application. And you want to make sure that you're pointing out that, hey, while I was assigned to be in this position, I was identified by the commander for excellence during this situation, or I received this award, or I, I was um, on a grad, distinguished on a grad. You want to be sure to highlight individual performance uh, because that really is going to be, as a warrant officer, we are kind of alone and unafraid uh, in our expectations and our responsibilities. So you have to be able to show that you're able to be a self-starter. You're able to be self-driven and as for as for critical training, um, I really say like obviously your PME is very important. Uh, battle staff is really important for, for a 131 Alpha because that's where you're going to be spending the most of your the rest of your career as a 131 Alpha is on a staff at some echelon. But additionally, any any type of uh, maneuver or fires related courses are only going to benefit you uh, as a 131 Alpha. Thank you, sir. What are some of the most important things to talk about in the resume summary page, and how do board members view these comments? So on the resume summary, I, I, I tell applicate, applicants that the, the best thing to do is keep it about half a page um, because, I've, I, as, I, as I just mentioned, board members aren't going to have time and they're, to read everything you, you put in your application. They're really looking for the highlights. Um, so you want to use your, your resume summary page uh, to capture, number one, bring to it their, the board member's attention um, where you've excelled at and also how the things that you've done as an NCO will benefit the cohort and benefit yourself uh, once you make that transition to become a 131 Alpha. It really is all about selling yourself in the summary without going overboard. Uh, it's a fine line uh, between being confident and arrogant, but I think that being confident in your in your performance and your capabilities, you have to really portray that through your resume summary page. Thank you, sir. Where are the three best duty stations that one can expect to serve in while assigned as a 131 Alpha field artillery technician? That that's that's really a, a subjective question because what I feel is my is the are the best duty assignments may not be someone else's, uh, but I will tell you, as a 131 Alpha, you're going to be you're going to have an opportunity to serve at any of the major Army installations as well as uh, joint assignments. Uh, many we have positions in the air bases, at the Army Service Combatant Command levels, at the Joint Command level. Um, so uh, you're going to have overseas opportunities in Italy, Germany, Korea. Hawaii. You're going to have CONUS opportunities from JBLM all the way to Hurlbut Field in Florida. There's there's plenty of opportunities to serve in locations that are desirable for whatever you and your family feel is best for y'all. What are some of the most important certifications and training experiences warrant officers should pursue in the course of their career 
in this Warrant Officer Military Occupation Specialty, and why? The opportunities you're going to have for training um, are going to be vast. Uh, as a 131 Alpha, you're going to be able to attend a myriad of schools, uh, many that you may be unfamiliar with. Um, but a good thing is is look at any type of school that is fires or, or targeting related. Um, and obviously when you talk about fires, I'm talking not only surface to surface, but air to surface, as well as non-lethal effects we can have. So Joint Firepower course is a great course for a, a W01 or a CW2. Um, and then after that, you know, you want to look at maybe Joint Intermediate Target Development. JOC2C is another good one. Joint Targeting School uh, in Damneck, Virginia uh, is another one. These are all the, and these courses really will be available to you uh, depending on where you're at in your career uh, and your unit training, you know, calendar, of course. Uh, but always keep in mind, we publish a newsletter uh, every quarter. Uh, and, and at the back of the newsletter uh, for 131 Alphas, we list all the functional courses that are available as well as points of contact. So you should always have that available to you. Um, so when you do have an opportunity to attend some training, you'll be able to know exactly what uh, training you should probably take based off of your grade. Not only that, uh, within the DAPAM 600-3 uh, in the professional development model, we, li- we line out uh, where a, some of the courses that a W01 should take if available, W2, W3, W4, and W5, the courses as well as you know expected duty assignments. So that's a great resource uh, for kind of really helping navigate your career path as a 131 Alpha. Once again, great information to have, sir. Thank you. Uh, On the subject of promotions, starting from W-1, how long would it take in this Warrant Officer Military Occupation Specialty to progress through each rank to reach CW-5? So uh, newly promoted W-01 out of Warrant Officer Canada School uh, will have 24 months as W-01 and then automatic promotion uh, pending disciplinary actions, automatic promotion to CW2. Uh, and once um, a CW2, once your CW2, from that point on, uh, promotions are regular gates. So you'll get looked at at four years in, the, in your current grade. You'll get looked at for the next grade after four years, and then you'll pin on within your fifth year. So you can think that uh, from W01 to W4 uh, is 12 years. Uh, and you, and then at that point, you can obviously think on add four and pin on in five for W five. So it's really about seventeen years as a warrant officer to make W five for one thirty one alphas. Thank you for that information, sir. As one retires from this warrant officer military occupation specialty, are there lifelong organizations that one may take part in as a former warrant officer to champion issues concerning warrant officers exclusively? Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, as a warrant officer, especially as a 131 Alpha, um, you know we're we're a part of the field artillery branch. So being a member of the field artillery association is a great contribution, a great way to stay in touch. Uh, especially life lifelong memberships are very affordable, uh, and that way you can always be up to date on on where the field artillery as a whole is going, uh, and be able to reach out within the leadership of that community. Uh, additionally, the Warrant Officer Association, becoming a lifelong member of the Warrant Officer Association is, is a great way. Uh, I would also challenge 131 Alphas out there uh, and, and NCOs that become 131 Alphas to apply to for membership within own unit 
um, associations, uh, regimental associations and things of that nature because it just keeps you tied into the organization and the Army enterprise as a whole. Uh, and because as a warrant officer, you bring a very unique perspective to that discussion. Thank you, sir. Why should someone uh, you know, want to compete to be a part of a 131 Alpha Field Artillery Technician, uh, and how does it benefit the nation? Uh, that's a that's a pretty pretty deep question. Um, I would say that um, if you're really looking to become a subject matter expert uh, in in a in a role that directly contributes to the Army's focus on large scale combat operations, then this is probably the MOS for you. Especially if you have if you are um, combat focused. Uh, and have, an, have experience or a desire to work with ground maneuver operations, employing assets uh, within the joint realm as well as organic to your organization. Um, and obviously that benefit is going to be uh, vast because you're going to be able to contribute to a, an organization at the brigade or at the division level and, and really make recommendations to the commander on how to employ those organic assets to achieve his objectives, uh, and therefore that his objectives are going to support the higher headquarters objectives, and obviously support the strategic, uh, the strategic mission. So, yeah, it's 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 a it's a great question, but I definitely think that um, as a 131 Alpha, it's easy to see how it benefits the nation for us. Thank you, sir. That was very informative. Um... For our final question here, um, as a mentor in the cohort, what additional advice uh, would you offer a potential applicant? I would I would tell a potential candidate that as long as you continue to work uh, and and do the best you can in whatever assignment you are given, whether it's something directly in within your core MOS or it's not. As long as you continue to put in the effort and you continue to do your best in those positions, uh, it, re- it will help benefit you in the long run. Continue to seek out opportunities that are challenging. It's very easy to kind of just do enough in the Army and, and make a, a career of just doing enough, uh, enough. But warrant officers, that's not what we do and that's not who we are. And, and we're looking for NCOs that are try that want to do or that have shown that they're willing to do more than just enough. So we're really looking for those guys who've challenged themselves either through functional courses, through operational assignments, or through specialized training that are, put them in positions above their peers uh, is, as discriminators. I mean, it really is. It really is about ensuring that you have set yourself up and you've identified to the Army and to the Warrant Officer Selection Board that you are a person who seeks out challenges, who goes above and beyond what is expected of, of someone of, of that grade and can perform at that level, who's always looking for that next challenge or that next opportunity to perform and, and demonstrate their ability to lead. That's really the biggest advice I would tell them. Keep your head up. Keep working hard. And the paperwork, the application, your evaluations, all that stuff will fall in line. Don't get too wrapped up around, you know, what evaluation you got or anything like that. Just focus on doing your best uh, and whatever is asked of you. If you do your best in that, everything else will fall into place. Uh, and then when you when you build out your 131 alpha application, 
it'll be a competitive application and your chances of selection uh, increase exponentially. Chief Huron, thank you so much for joining us today. We truly value your time and insight you've offered us today. Yeah, I, I want to thank you, Sarek, for inviting me to participate in this podcast. And I hope that uh, it was informative to those NCOs who are considering applying uh, to become a warrant officer and, and specifically to applying uh, apply being a 131 Alpha Field Artillery Technician. Um, additionally, as you work through your application process or if you have additional questions about the process or about being a warrant officer, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to your local USAREC recruiting team or reach out to me uh, on the uh, GoWarrantNow.com uh, page under the 131 Alphas. My All my contact information is there. Uh, again, thank you, uh, and I look forward to uh, helping you uh, transition in your career path to becoming a warrant officer. And for those of you listening out there, uh, I want to encourage you to apply to become a 131 Alpha field artillery technician. And as always, go warrant now.